I hope you guys have had a, had a really good week. I didn't give, I forgot to give an update on the, on the school. It's getting close. We've, uh, I don't know how many more weeks we've got left. They've got to plant the grass and stuff like that. Um, you know, I got to thinking, Natalie, you won't have to leave. We've got a, that, that gym has a theater, has a stage. You can do plays and stuff. I like to do some community plays. You don't have to go to New York. <laughs> we can transform it to Ayersville. <laughs> Guys, it is so good to be here. We've had a good day today. Our, our, they, the, the kid stuff was great. The part that I got to, to see back there and had a lot of folks back there, and it was, it was really fun. I still, still want to talk about some setbacks. And... Uh, how God turns setbacks into uh, to comebacks. And uh, today, we've talked about several of them, but today is, is when a setback leaves you uh, emotionally empty. And, and what do you do when you're, you're kind of emotionally empty, when you're burnt out? Because setbacks can drain you. They can drain your emotional tank. And it's hard to deal with daily stuff when you're, you're running on empty. And this week, I'd like to go back to Elijah again. I talked, for some of you that can remember last week, I, I talked about Elijah last week. And, uh, but the verse also, the scripture also illustrates so well how God helps us when we've been drained emotionally. And when I thought about Elijah, I thought, I can't see how Elijah could be drained emotionally. I mean, the, all the miracles that God done through him and in him all throughout his life. But you know, the Bible's real plain on telling us that, that Elijah was a man just like us. Just a regular old walking around human being. He had the same troubles. He had the same temptations. He had the same moods. He was just like us. Us and so Elijah's setbacks, we can, we're going to look at them today and we can show and see how they apply uh, to us. In this particular setback, uh, we, we can look at the warning signs of when you and I are emotionally empty. It's important that we know these, these warning signs that, that, that's going to come up. But it's even more important that uh, how this scripture is going to give us the steps that God uses to refill our, our tanks, our emotional tanks with, uh, with love and hope and, and, and joy when we, uh, when we hit rock bottom. And uh, so we're going to go back to 1 Kings 19. If you want to use your Bible, I like to write in mine. And, uh, but we're going we're gonna to be there a while. But here's some background. I want to give you a little background before we get into we find most of the background in First Kings chapter 18. Israel has, is being led at the moment by uh, King Ahab and his wife uh, Jezebel. And the nation is in moral uh, bankruptcy. They have turned away from God and, and to some false gods, idols. And, and uh, uh, they're even sacrificing their children. To a false god named Baal. And, uh, but there's only one true prophet of God left. And his name is Elijah. But one day 
Elijah's just fed up. He's reached his nuff stage, as, as I call it. And he says, look, guys, how long is our nation going to waver between God and Baal? How long are we going to keep, keep doing this? And so how long are some of us going to follow God? I'm just going to follow Baal. And I thought it was really neat what he done. He said, let's have a God contest. Let's have a God contest. And, and, and whoever wins will follow that God. And they agreed to it. So they agreed to the terms. They're going to go up to this mountain. And uh, Carmel, I believe it was. And, uh, and they were going to sacrifice two bulls. And then they were going to take wood and, and, and they were going to pray to their God. Him against 850 prophets. There was 400 prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Asherah. And he said, um, we're going to set the sacrifice up and whosoever God answers with fire, then we will worship them. We'll serve whichever God wins. And so the prophets of Baal and Asherah said, okie dokie. They agreed to the terms. And Elijah even let the prophets of Baal uh, go first. And, and they're praying and they're praying hard, man, and nothing happens. And I love Elijah because Elijah is, I found out, is one of the first recorded trash talkers. And you'll see that in, in chapter 18 where he says, well, you know, nothing was happening. And he said, uh, where's your God? Maybe he's in the bathroom. Why don't you, 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 you yell a little louder? Maybe he can't hear you. Maybe your God's asleep. Maybe that's why he's not uh, uh, pouring down fire and lighting your sacrifice. Of course, they fail. And then it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah, there again, I just love him. He was so confident that, that his God was a true God. He says, soak it with water. Soak it with water. Pour so much water on it that it's draining down the mountain. So they soaked his, his sacrifice, his wood with water. And, and he said a, a simple prayer. And God fired up the sacrifice. The, the, the fire got so hot that the stones were even burnt up. The soil was burnt up. The water dried up. And the people were astounded, but they were also mad because they had been sacrificing their children. Listening to these prophets of Baal and sacrificing their children to them. Well, they got mad and, 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 they, all, uh, and, and you know, they all led this thing to revolt. And they killed all 850 prophets of Baal. And Yeshua, it was a, a, a spiritual revival. So here's Elijah on this spiritual mountaintop. He's had victory. Victory. Then comes a valley. Lee and I talk about this a lot. We experience mountaintops on Sunday. But Lee hardly ever bothers me on Monday. Do you know why? Valleys always follow mountaintops. Valleys always bother 
follow mountaintops. The same thing happened to Elijah. After that mountaintop victory, Jezebel hears about it. And she gets ticked off. Here's where we pick up the top of your outline. King Ahab told his wife Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he ordered the death of all her false prophets of Baal. So the queen sent this threat to Elijah. May the God strike me dead if I don't kill you by this time tomorrow. Elijah was afraid and he ran for his life. He left his servant in the town of Beersheba and he walked for a full day into the desert. Finally, he came to a broom tree and he collapsed under its shade. There he prayed that he might die. He said, God, I have had enough. Take my life. Just let me die, for I am no better than my ancestors. Exhausted, he fell asleep under that broom tree. On into verse 10. Elijah told God, I've always worked hard for you, Lord, but your people have abandoned your covenant. They've destroyed your places of worship and murdered all your true prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. As I was reading this, I, I, I came to the conclusion that this guy's on the edge emotionally. This guy is, is, is burnt out. But we can learn a lot from this story that deals with your life and, and can deal with my life today about how God turns this setback into comeback. It gives us at least 10 signs of emotional setback and emotional burnout. And we need to know these signs. We need to know these signs when our emotional tank is, is getting empty. Later on, we'll see how, more importantly, we know how to refill our tank. But let's look at these 10 signs to tell if we're experiencing a burnout or an emotional emptiness. The very first one is this. If you're filling in your blanks, this. Number one, fear creeps into my life. Fear creeps into my life. Elijah became afraid when his emotional tank started emptying out, when it was getting low. Now the second warning sign is this. I find myself running away from things. I find myself running, running away from things when I'm running out of energy or when I'm running out of, uh, 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 when I'm becoming low in my emotional tank. Elijah ran for his life. So my question is today, I don't know what you come in, what you brought in. What are you running from right now? What are you running from right now? If you're running from something right now, it may be that you're emotionally low on gas. If you're running away from something. Number three, Another warning sign is this. I start backing out of relationships. I start backing out of relationships. He said in his word, he left his servant in the town of Beersheba. Elijah just walked out on him. He just walked out on him. He had been his servant for a long time. He had been his sidekick. I mean, he had been his, 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 his tonto to his Lone Ranger for a long time, and he just left him in, in Beersheba. I want to ask you, are you walking away from a relationship right now? Have you walked away from some relationship? 
it very well may be that you are emotionally drained. That you are burnt out. If you're backing out of some relationship. Number four. I make foolish decisions impulsively. If you are being, being drained emotionally, if you're experiencing burnout, it says, Elijah, he walked for a full day into the desert. Now, how smart is that? You're headed in the wrong direction with no plan. Are you guys headed in the wrong direction? With no plan at all? If you are, that's a sign that you're on the edge of burnout. Number five, the fifth sign. I push myself past my physical limits. You push yourself past your physical limits. You're, if you're on the edge of burnout, you're trying to get more and more done. He said he collapsed under the sunshade. You're headed for collapse. You're pushing yourself too far physically. Number six, my work seems pointless. He says, I've worked hard, but haven't seen any results or change. There's nobody changing. The nation is still a mess. Elijah blamed himself for things that wasn't his fault. He takes it personally. He says, God, I'm a failure. I'm a failure. One of the great causes of burnout is trying to control everything. I tell you all the time, and I'm going to tell you again, you have my permission to do this. You can resign as general manager of the universe. I'll be honest with you, you may think it's silly. I kind of think some of you should write that down. Today, February the 3rd, I resign as general manager of the universe. You are not Atlas. The whole world does not rest on your shoulders. It doesn't rest on your shoulders. You know, I used to kind of take it on the chin. When I would teach on different stuff and, and the people that, that were under my care as your pastor, y'all were still out doing stupid stuff. I did. I took it on the chin. Because y'all were still being dumb. But you know what released me? I finally realized that I'm responsible to teach God's truth. But I am not responsible for what you do with it. I did my part. That's what I'm responsible for. Number seven. You know you're experiencing burnout is, is when you complain and you want to quit and you want to give up. You know you're experiencing burnout when you want to quit, when, when you want to give up. Elijah said, God, I've had enough. I'm at the end of my rope. Guys, I want to tell you, when your emotional tank is low, you lose your vision. When your emotional tank is low, you forfeit your future. You, you forget your goals and, and, and you want to give up. A lot of folks thought I was crazy. 
a couple of years ago. I spent a chunk of money and I bought a camper for me and my wife. And my plan was is I take off once a month and I do nothing. Just me and her. And I get one of you guys to fill in for me on that Sunday. But I was getting close to experiencing burnout. I knew that. And it was good for me to step away once a month. And her and I go camp somewhere. It turned out it was the best thing for our, our marriage. For Angie to get a little gym time. And it was the best thing for the church. Because I started getting my vision back. But it also gave you guys a taste of several men and women that God was speaking to. And it will continue to do so. He was the best thing that ever happened to us. <coughs> was because I was getting to the point, not quite yet. Some days I wanted to give up. Some days I, I wanted to quit. I forgot my goals. Next warning sign is this, number eight. I feel isolated and attacked. You ever felt like that? Maybe you're experiencing burnout. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. And they're trying to kill me too. He was on a pity party. But here's the truth. And I find, found myself doing this. Elijah is exaggerating the problem. Guys, you and me, we, we always do that when we are emotionally empty. We make the problem worse than it really is. We make the problem worse than it really is. He said, Elijah, you say you're the only prophet left but there's over 7,000 folks that didn't bow their knee to the prophets of Baal and, and, and Asherah but you know when we're emotionally drained or when we're experiencing burnout just like Elijah our view of reality is distorted. When we're tired, our view is distorted. I mean, think about this. An enormous victory of over 850 prophets and now just one woman with an empty threat is setting back and he's running to hide in a cave. Guys, if you think about this, if Jezebel had really intended to kill him, she would not have sent a messenger. She would have sent a hitman. She'd have sent a hitman. You see, he's not thinking straight. She wouldn't have sent a mailman. She would have sent Guido, the hitman. Number nine, I compare myself to others and I feel bad about me when I'm 
on the edge of burnout or when I'm emotionally drained. I compare myself to other people and their successes and I start to feel bad about me. Guys, any time that you compare yourself to other people, it's foolish. You see what Elijah said, for I'm no better than my ancestors. Guys, we start to depreciate our worth when we feel burned out. We put ourselves down. You, you know, my life, my work doesn't matter. And then we begin to just motivate ourselves with, with, with criticism or with guilt. We say, well, I got to go or I must go or I should go. I mean, they expect me to do this. And but because you're your own worst critic, you feel guilty. You feel hopeless. And, and, and you focus on the feelings instead of the facts. We've got to be careful with that. We often get discouraged after a great performance. We often get discouraged after, or I do, after a great day on Sunday. You know why? Because we are emotionally depleted. We're, we're done. So what? We can't trust ourselves. It, it, it's what I'm trying to say. We have to learn, you and I have to learn to ignore our feelings. Because feelings are unreliable. At best, they're unreliable. Feelings lie. Number 10. Tenth one. I know you're glad I'm about to get out of this. I think that death might bring relief. Some of you guys may be here thinking this. I'm that far burnt out today. That I think death might find relief. Elijah prayed that he might die. He said, Lord, take my life. Just let me die. See, Elijah's just a man. He's just a person. Just like me and you. Just like me and you. So maybe you felt like this. I want to tell you. If you don't hear anything else I say today, don't. Don't. Please don't. Taking your life is just a, a permanent solution to a temporary mood. Don't do it. There's people that care. Guys, never make a major decision when you're depressed. Never make a major decision when you're, when you're depressed. Elijah was just like me and you. Just a regular person. Well, those are the ten warning signs. I hope you wrote them down. How does God refill my tank? I'll go through these real quick. Number one, how God refills my tank is, is God makes me rest my body. He refills my tank by God makes me rest my body. Psalm 23, 2 and 3 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leaves me beside quiet waters. 
He restores my soul. Sometimes God makes you lie down because you're not smart enough to do it yourself. You're not smart enough. You think you can keep going on and on and on. Guys, you can't be spiritually and emotionally strong if you're physically depleted. You may be a workaholic, but you're not too smart. Let me say that again. You can't be spiritually and emotionally strong if you're physically depleted. You follow me? And God has a way to make us lie down in green pastures. 1 Kings 19, 5 and 7. Then Elijah laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around and saw some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again and went back to sleep. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for there is a long journey ahead of you. I really like this angel. So Elijah got up and ate and drank again, and his strength was revived. I love that God is practical. The first antidote to burnout is to eat, sleep, eat, and sleep. Praise the Lord. That should have got a hallelujah. God didn't, yeah, God didn't scold Elijah. He let him sleep. He let him sleep. I've told you this before. Sometimes the most spiritual thing that you and I can do is take a nap. Since it's Super Bowl weekend, I found a quote by Vince Lombardi, and he says this, fatigue makes cowards of all of us. That's a good one. Fatigue makes cowards of all of us. So the first thing that God says do is take care of your body. Take care of your body. Rest. Rest. For the last year or so, Saturday is my Sabbath. I've made a decision that I don't do much of anything on Saturdays. I didn't do much of anything anyway. So it wasn't that big a stretch. Yeah. But what I've made it conscious of is I'm not going to do anything. Except for weddings. I'll do weddings sometimes. But I don't do any work. I, I rest and I, and, I, and I think. I read. And uh, I worship. I set aside that time. And God has blessed me with, with being healthy. God has blessed me with, I think, many years left in my life. I feel better. And I look great. Don't y'all think I look great? Yeah. But take your time so he don't have to. Take you some time and rest so he doesn't have to make you rest. Number two. God encourages me to release my frustrations. To release my frustrations. You know, I, I've told you guys this before. Anytime somebody comes up to me at church or anywhere, says, Jim, I really need to talk to you. I got some things that I need to, 
to let out. And it makes me happy because I believe that, that revealing your feelings is the beginning of healing. I know you're about to start healing. In First uh, Kings 19, 8 and 9 says this. Next, Elijah traveled 40 days to get to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Well, if you go on and read these next few verses, you're going to find out that Elijah just unloads on him. He unloads all his, his frustrations. You see, God knew what the answer was. We talked about that last week. He knew what the answer to the question was, but he wanted Elijah to own up to it. He wanted him to own his fear and his, his, his resentment. He wanted Elijah to get it off his chest just to blow off some steam. Every once in a while, you and I need to, to blow off some steam. Elijah went on to blow off his steam of fear, his resentment, low self-esteem. He was lonely. He was worried. He was depressed. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't shocked about your complaining. I may not like complaints, but God ain't, ain't shocked by it. What I love about God is, is he'll let you, he, he'll listen to you until you run out of words. For some of you, that's going to be a while. But he'll listen to you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And let me just tell you something, guys. Some things that I've experienced, it helps to share with some friends. Not just throw them out there to God, but it helps to share with some friends. It helps to share uh, with, a, with a small group. Now, I'm talking about small group. I've been encouraging you guys to get in a small group. That's another one of them things. You don't listen. Some do, but some of you don't. And I'm talking about small group. I'm talking about 12 and less. If you're in a group that's over 12, you're not in a small group. You're in a Bible study. I'm talking about small group of people. Get in one. Number three. God tells me to remember and refocus on him. He wants us to remember what he said. God wants us to remember who he is. He wants us to remember all his promise. He wants us to refocus on him. He wants us to get our eyes off of, of our problems. He wants us to get our eyes off our troubles. He wants us to get our eyes off our temptations and start looking at Jesus Christ. He wants us to, to get a fresh awareness of his power. God wants us to get a fresh awareness of his presence. God wants us to get a fresh awareness of his personality. And that is cool. Look at 11 through 13. The Lord said to Elijah, go stand in front of me on the mountain and I will pass by you. Listen to this, I love this. Then a very strong wind blew past, but the Lord was not in the wind. After that, an earth, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Then there was a wildfire, but the Lord was not in the fire. But then there was a quiet, gentle sound. And when Elijah heard it, he covered his face with his coat. And he went out and he stood at the entrance to the cave. And the voice said, Elijah, why are you still here? He says, why are you still here? I just put on this, this multimedia event for you. This wind and, 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 and this fire and this, this earthquake. Why are you still here? I just demonstrated some of my power for you. And Elijah, 
I demonstrated all this power and you're still worried about one woman. I'm in control here. He says, Elijah, you can relax. Write something down here. I didn't put it in your notes. The root of burnout and emotional emptiness is that you're trying to play God. The root of burnout and emotional emptiness is that you are trying to play God. You're trying to control everything. Everybody heard of Frank Sinatra? I read a thing this week about Frank Sinatra. And, and, and uh, y'all remember the, probably the most famous song he had? I did it my way. Y'all thought it was him, didn't you? The old crooner. You know what his last words were? You know what his last words as he was dying were? I'm losing it. I'm losing it. He wasn't in control of his life as much as he thought he was. And guess what? You, me, we ain't either. I tell my kids to control the controllable. Don't worry about trying to control the uncontrollable. There are some things that you just can't change. Let's look at one more prophet. Jeremiah, he, he wrote the book of Lamentations. A book about crying out. And the, uh, he gives the antidote to emptiness. And how remembering how good God is in Lamentations 3, 19 and 24. Now, a guy that I listen to a lot is Rick Warren. He wrote, a, the, he, he uses this um, to help pull him out of a funk. You know how when we get kind of depressed or maybe down and out? I don't know about y'all, but I like a good cream-filled donut. When I ain't feeling good, I could eat a donut the size of this desk here, fill it full of that white cream. And wash it down with a Diet Coke. Because that negates everything. It makes it even. When I'm feeling kind of down. I need sugar. Amen? I ain't the only one. I know some folks that could eat a truckload of ice cream. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Sugar. Sugar's it. I'm going to give you another sugar. Rick Warren gave me this acronym. He says, just thinking of my troubles and my wandering fills me with sadness and bitterness. It's all I ever think about, and I'm depressed. But then I remember something, and it fills me with hope. The Lord's, say it with me, steadfast love. There's your S. Never ends. His unfailing mercy, there's your U, keeps me from being wiped out because of his great faithfulness. There's your G. Each new day, he's always kind. There's your A, always kind to me. So deep in my heart, I say to myself, the Lord is all I need. He is my what? Real hope. Sugar. Steadfast love. Unfailing mercy. Real faith. Always kind. Real hope. These things can pull you out of a funk. They can pull you out of, of depression, of burnout. 
if you remember to refocus. That's the kind of sugar to turn to, not a donut. To build your to build your life on those. The last thing he told Elijah was this: Go back to where you came, to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel and Jehu and Elijah. Well. What I like about this is here, the last thing he said to him, do you know what God was doing for, for um, Elijah? Maybe this is what you need to hear today. God was giving him a new assignment. Go back and, azoint, uh, and anoint these other men and women. And y'all get started on building my kingdom. You're getting a new assignment. He's saying, Elijah, I'm not through with you yet. I know you feel like a failure and you're scared because Jezebel's after you, but I'm not through with you yet. Go back. We're going to have a whole new assignment. You may feel like you're through. You may feel like you're a failure. I'm here today. I believe you're here for this reason. God ain't through with you yet. God ain't through with you yet. Maybe it's time to just get started. You may be at a point where, 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 where you're thinking, I'm done. I have no credibility. Elijah experienced all of that. He felt rejection. He felt like a failure. He felt like he had no credibility. And God looked at him and said, go get these folks. Let's get going again. Anoint them. Get Hazel. Get Jehu. Get Elijah. It's a whole new day. Guys, it's a new day. God ain't through with you. He is not through with you. Now let's pray. My Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the word, the lesson from your word. I thank you that it encouraged me. Help my people to remember sugar. Your steadfast love, your unfailing mercy. Mm. Your great faithfulness. You're always kind and the real hope. Oh, sugar, sugar. I thank you, Lord. And I love you. Lord, there may be someone that walked in here today that they were at the end of their rope. They were even considering taking their life. I don't know. I pray that they don't. There's folks that care. We care. Some folks may have been ready to just walk away. They thought you couldn't use them anymore. You about to double up blessings on them. Lord, we love you and it's in your name we pray. Amen.